Podcast number 59, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. While working on Podcast 57, The Hook, I used Billie Jean as the example due to the following quote. Producer and record mogul L.A. Reid told Rolling Stone magazine in April 2004, Billie Jean is the most important record he's made not because of its commercial success, but because of the musical depth of the record. It has more hooks in it than anything I've ever heard. Everything in that song was catchy, and every instrument playing a different hook. You could separate it into 12 different musical pieces, and I think you'd have 12 different hits. I think you would understand why I would use Billie Jean then as the example of hooks in the melody, the harmony, and the rhythm. I thought the perfect follow-up would be to do an analysis of the complete song. First, let's look at the overall architecture. It's in the key of A major, 4-4 time, moderately fast, the quarter note is 120 beats per minute. We have an introduction, verse 1, verse 2, a pre-chorus, the chorus, verse 3, Verse 4, pre-chorus again, chorus, another chorus, a guitar interlude, a bridge, chorus, fragmentation of the end of the chorus and extension, and the outro. The introduction. This introduction is quite long compared to traditional standards. It is said Quincy Jones suggested it be shorter, but Michael Jackson thought it would be better to instill the driving beat while introducing the three main elements of the accompaniment. These elements enter one at a time. First, we have the drum beat, then the bass enters, and then the chords. Each one becomes a hook in and of itself. The drum beat, supposedly inspired by Michael Jackson's home drum machine, no frills, relenting drive. Then the bass enters, one of the most famous in modern music, a melodic, motivic hook anchoring the harmony, simultaneously creating a link between the rhythm and the harmony. The harmony, the hypnotic chord rhythm I will label Rhythmic figure number one features the chords F-sharp minor, G-sharp minor, A, back to G-sharp minor, over the bass line. The A chord could be also considered F-sharp minor seventh due to the bass line, but I hear it more as an A chord sounding over that bass. As I said, in the original sheet music, the song is in the key of A major. So the F-sharp minor chord would be the sixth chord, the G-sharp minor would be the seventh chord, but instead of diminished, it would be changed to minor. Then we have the A chord, the one chord, and then back to the G-sharp minor. (laughs) 
When dealing with chords, we really have two layers. Layer one would be the underlying basic initial chord progression. For example, F sharp minor, G sharp minor, A and G sharp minor, that's the basic chords, and they are really for two beats each. These are repeated constantly throughout the song, creating one hypnotic pattern. Level two, the chords are then subjected to a specific rhythm. This creates the harmonic hook, which is so memorable harmonically and rhythmically fused into one. This technique is invaluable in your own works. Once you decide on a chord progression, then add some type of rhythmic gesture to set it apart, thereby creating your own harmonic hook. This I referenced in podcast 58. Not to break any copyright laws, please listen to the original recording. I will play certain examples, though. These three elements... Rhythm, bass, and harmony are fused into the foundation on which the composition is built. Through many articles and interviews, this technique is one of the mainstays of modern music production. Verse number one. Verse number one is 12 measures long. Each phrase is two measures. Phrase one. Against the continuing introductory foundation, we hear the first phrase. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie scene. This features only three notes, C-sharp, B, and A. The movement is mostly stepwise, diatonic in motion. The second phrase, also two measures. I said, don't mind, but what do you mean? I mean, I am the one. This second phrase is basically the same as the first. The chord rhythm remains the same, repeating the first phrase with slight variation to accommodate for the lyrics. However, it does end in a downward direction to the note F-sharp on the lyric one. The first phrase ended on an upward motion on the note C-sharp on the lyric scene. This is an excellent technique when you have two phrases that are very similar, that the endings are different. Improvised solos in jazz and rock use this technique quite often. Phrase three, we will dance on the floor in the round. First of all, harmony is added to the vocal parts. It is two measures long, and also the harmony of the chords now changes. The chord moves to a B minor seventh, keeping the same rhythmic figure. The bass line keeps the same pattern, moving up a perfect fourth, anchoring the B minor 7th chord. The melody features three short melodic fragments of two sixteenths and an eighth note. This creates a motivic hook within the melody. Phrases 4 and 5. Number four, at first we hear a two-bar extension, interesting due to the fact that the accompaniment returns to the original pattern. Before the melody enters, we hear one measure of the F-sharp, G-sharp minor. Then the important lyric, she said, I am the one, also which is an important hook in this song, against the A and the G-sharp minor chord. 
So in this extension, we have two melodic and lyrical hooks. First, she said, I am the one. And the second one, who will dance on the floor in the round? This extension is very important and will come back later on. At this point, we have a two measure, we could call it interlude, recalling the introduction, which is perfect because it introduces the second verse. Perfect planning. The second verse. She told me her name was Billie Jean as she caused the scene. Then every head turned with eyes that dreamed of being the one. Who will dance on the floor in the round? This second verse is a repetition of the first, of course with new lyrics, but one notable exception. Instead of 12 measures long, it is eight measures long. That is because the four bar extension is now excluded, leaving the original eight bars, six measures of music, and the two-bar interlude. Again, another hook, because that two bars, which is a shortened version of the introduction, acts as a connector all through the music. Connectors such as this are important in large musical forms, such as symphonies, concertos, or movie scores. They're used for cohesion and smooth transitions from one section to another, whether they are similar or dissimilar. In the music of Beethoven, we see the highest level of this technique. The pre-chorus. The pre-chorus is eight measures long, divided into two sections, four plus four. There are four phrases. The first phrase, people always told me, be careful of what you do. The harmony now changes as we hear the chords D and F-sharp minor, one measure each. The melody features F-sharp, E, and A, with the E and A surrounding the F-sharp. At this point, we also notice the entrance of a trumpet with a fill-in. For the rest of the work, there will be different fill-ins by different instruments or voices. Also, counter melodies in the strings are added. These are all hooks unto themselves. This was the subject of my podcast, The Hook, and why the quote heard at the beginning of this podcast was so important and influential. This is so important for everyone because today many people are making their own demos and finished recordings with computers and the amazing programs available today. That's why I stress the importance of not only melodic, but harmonic, rhythmic, as well as background, fill-ins, and counter-melodies. I will play some of these hooks now. phrase, and don't go around breaking young girls' hearts. 
this is similar to the first phrase, only the melody is shortened. The third phrase, mother always told me, be careful of who you love, repeats the first phrase. Now in the fourth phrase, we have some changes. The lyrics are, careful of what you do, cause the lie becomes the truth, hey. This is the introductory phrase to the chorus. The first important thing we notice is that the chords change. We still have the D for one measure, but instead of F sharp minor, we go to C sharp seven, which is the five chord in the key of F sharp minor. And the chorus uses the same chords as the verse and the intro, the F sharp minor, G sharp minor, etc. So the C sharp seventh, you will notice, pulls right to that F sharp minor chord. This is called a secondary dominant. We are in the key of A, so the third chord is C-sharp minor. By making it C-sharp 7, you alter the third note, which is E, to an E-sharp. And what happens then is that you create dissonance and pull to the F-sharp chord. Whether a musician or not, I feel everybody senses this pull when we hear this chord. I will play D and then C-sharp 7. Then I will play D, C-sharp 7, to the F-sharp minor, so you can hear it. D major, C-sharp 7, D major, C-sharp 7, F-sharp minor, beginning of the chorus. If you are interested in secondary dominance, please check out the podcast on dominant seventh chords. Here is that fourth phrase leading into the chorus. On the lyrics, lie becomes, we have the E sharp, which is higher, one half step higher than the E. And you can hear that pull in the melody along with the chord. The listener senses the pull and tension created by the dominant chord as an important event is approaching. The chorus is 12 measures long. You will notice the addition of a choir. The background used for the introduction and the verses is now also used for the chorus. Continuity is achieved through harmony and rhythm. Phrase one is two measures long. The lyrics are, Billie Jean is not my lover. The phrase is created using only three notes, F sharp, E, and C sharp. The first measure containing Billie Jean is, is then repeated almost exactly in the second measure, not my lover. This will be the main melodic hook used in the outro. Phrase two is also two measures long. She's just a girl who claims that I am the one. This ends on the B minor seventh chord. Phrase three lyrically answers the second phrase, but the kid is not my son. Phrases four and five. She says, I am the one, but the kid is not my son. So we see that these two phrases repeat almost exactly the melody and lyrics of phrases two and three. What we have just seen is a perfect chorus 
it uses repetition of melodic motives to create an earworm in the listener, while simultaneously joining with the lyrical phrases, thereby resulting in two perfect hooks. The first being, Billie Jean is not my lover. The second, she says I am the one, but the kid is not my son. We now hear repetition of verses 1 and 2, the pre-chorus, and the chorus twice, followed by an eight-bar guitar interlude. The eighth measure features a pickup to the four-bar bridge featuring the hook, She says, I am the one, but the kid is not my son. Then, one more time, we hear the two-bar connector interlude featuring two measures of the introduction, which leads us perfectly into the chorus one more time. At the end of the chorus, we hear, she says, I am the one, but the kid is not my son. Now, this is extended with the lyrics, she says, I am the one. Then we hear again, she says, he is the son. She says, I am the one, Billie Jean is not my lover. This is a type of fragmentation and extension. When you take the end of a section, a phrase, or a couple of measures, and then extend it, in this instance, it really reinforces that part of the hook where it says, she says, I am the one. Then it continues the story. She says, he is the son. She says, I am the one. And then Billie Jean is not my lover. This extension also acts as a connector to the outro. The outro features the main hook, Billie Jean is not my lover, which is repeated over and over until it fades out. In this analysis, we have seen the use of melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic hooks fused into one of the most memorable songs in modern popular music history. The construction of the supporting foundation is comprised of an unforgettable bass line and hypnotic chord progression propelled by a driving rhythmic gesture, all layered above a no-frills relentless drumbeat. The great Russian composer Rimsky-Korsakov said, A painter paints his picture on canvas. A musician paints his picture on silence. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.